This is an episode that I have held off making for two years. I've wondered how I could approach this subject, how I could talk about it in a way that both honours my daughter, who is still struggling with mental illness, but to also describe uh, what I went through, what me and my wife went through. I think it's important because in the last few weeks we've been talking about suicide and we've been getting lots and lots of comments and I really appreciate it because um, they're very nuanced. Uh, But every once in a while I've had somebody, I don't know, cast a, a doubt on my understanding of suicide and I have to admit to you that I am not a clinician. I have never said that I was. Uh, I have never pretended to be anything but a person who has lived through his own suicide attempt uh, and has found ways to keep going. And that's kind of the authority that I've been operating under. Why am I going to talk about this today? It's because there are so many kids out there that don't understand the consequence of their potential suicide. I was in a classroom the other day and the kids were talking about it and they were saying how their parents wouldn't care. And as a father, I was horrified. I was terrified. Um, I was shocked. I was disgusted that these kids would think that their parents would not care that they attempted to take their lives. We're going to dig into that today. It's going to be a hard one. Uh, Yeah, let's just kick off and see what happens. Welcome to Shattered the Podcast. STP is the story of my journey from the depths of mental illness to a place where I could live again. Okay, so the stage is, it was two years ago, uh, of all our kids, the one that we thought was the most healthy was number two, and I'm going to just call it that for the rest of the show. Number two seemed to be healthy, happy, well-adjusted, popular, bright, funny, funny as all get out. This kid was hilarious. She lit up a room whenever she walked in. She she just seemed to be one of those kids that was just going to take the world by its its tail and run with it, and, and amazing things were going to happen for her. Now, she has grown up with epilepsy, uh, but it's a very mild epilepsy. So when my wife jolted me awake at 7 o'clock in the morning, screaming that something was wrong with our daughter. Uh, I jumped out of bed, found her in the bed. She was unconscious, covered in vomit, covered in urine, uh, and she'd soiled the bed. Um, We thought that it had been a seizure, and that's what we assumed. So we called the ambos. Paramedics were there within like five minutes. It was amazing how fast they came. And they were working on her in the room and and it would have taken about half an hour that they were doing stuff with her because she was still breathing. She just wasn't conscious. 
one of the guys came out and said, this is a suicide attempt. And my wife and I went, no, no, it's not. It's just epilepsy. She has epilepsy. She's just had a grand mal seizure, which is the first she's ever had. And the guy held up this little note and it said something about dying, but with a, with a smiley face on it. And we both said, oh, that's just something that's different. That's nothing to do with this. They took her to a hospital. Everything was really bad. They said that this has got to be a suicide attempt. I said, no, there's no way in the world that it's a suicide attempt. That night, about 12, 14 hours later, I went into a room and I just started pulling the whole thing apart. Um, flipped over the mattress, pulled books out of the shelves, looked in the cupboards, pulled everything out. And hidden right in the back of this thing, I found this diary. And it was disjointed and it wasn't like day to day. But over the weeks and months that she'd written this, you saw a little girl in desperate pain, desperate, desperate pain, hurting to the core of her soul. Her friends had turned on her. They'd, and, and we know this in retrospect, they were jealous of her, of how happy she was, of how popular she was and they were pulling her down and they were turning their backs on her and they were making life really hard for her. We had no idea because we didn't see any change in this at all. After I found the diary, I searched the room even harder. I emptied out her rubbish bin and found some pill packets right in the bottom of the rubbish bin. They were very neat. So it was very clear that my daughter had attempted to take her own life. Now, the thing is, at the time, I had a podcast. I'd been on radio. I've written a book about mental illness. I've uh, about living with mental illness. I speak in schools. And I didn't notice anything. I saw nothing of her pain. You would think that I would have been attuned to it. I would have been aware of it, but I didn't. I didn't see anything. To say that I felt guilt is an understatement of the most epic proportions. How could I possibly have missed the pain the torture that my daughter had been going through. And it was just verbal. It wasn't physical. She hadn't been sexually assaulted. It was just her friends were ripping her down, tearing her down and destroying her confidence and calling her fat and doing all these things under this guise of friendship that were destroying her mental health to the point where she felt she had no option but to take her own life. Obviously, I felt intense, overpowering guilt and shame at that I hadn't noticed my daughter's pain. I was horrified that I had missed it because I love my kids. I would do anything for my kids. 
and find out that I had failed her so completely. In that moment, though, I had to put my shame and my grief and my anger and my shame, I had to put it to the side. I had to take my own feelings and perceptions out of the equation because it wasn't going to help her. It would not help her for me to go into this spiral. And of course, I've still got my own mental health that I have to look after. Suicidal ideation just crammed into my head, but the knowledge that all I wanted to do was be at home with my wife was still strong enough that I was able to counter these thoughts. And I was able to counter them with another thought in that my daughter needs me. I obviously have failed as a parent in many ways. Any real mum or dad is going to fail. We're going to fail because we try things, they don't work, we try other things. Her face is just off the screen. I was sitting in a class the other day. This is what made me want to talk about this today. I was sitting in a class the other day and we were there to talk about depression and suicide. And the kids were laughing and joking and they weren't taking it seriously. And I stopped them and I said, um, how old are you guys? And they told me their age and I said, well, when my number two was such and such an age, she went to bed one night, kissed me goodnight, smiled as always, and then the next morning tried to not be there. And the kids just stopped and they looked at me differently. And I said, look, you said that your parents wouldn't care. I can tell you that there's no greater pain that a parent can face than even the attempted suicide, let alone the successful suicide of a child. I have spoken about this today. First, as a preventative. Watch what your kids are going through. Open up the discussion around their mental health. Do it immediately. Done it to prevent it in another way. Maybe there's a young person that's going to be listening to this that's contemplating suicide. They need to understand the pain that it's going to unleash on their families. I'm also talking to the parents that are going through this as well. Put your shame aside. It's hard. It's nearly impossible. Put your shame aside. Do everything that you can to support that child. Forget recriminations. Forget about blame. You've got a hurt kid, you need to help them. And you can, and you will. My daughter today, a couple of weeks ago, she was having a bad run, and we knew. And we, we asked her what was wrong, and she wouldn't tell us, and 
we were getting more and more concerned. And then one day she wrote us a note. And it was just a little note. And it was just reassuring us that she didn't want to hurt herself. But she was having all these thoughts. This from a girl who a few years ago felt so alone that she couldn't speak to anybody about her pain has realized that we're there. She understands how much it would have hurt me because I told her. Didn't do any good for me to hold on to that information or pretend it didn't exist. I had to tell her. I had to let her know that besides losing her mum, my wife, losing any of my children would be potentially more pain that I could deal with. Not that I was saying to her that I was going to hurt myself if she did. It was nothing like that. It was just saying, you are important to me and your loss would be devastating. It would be a wound that we would probably never get past. There are people that are going to say that I did this video for clickbait. Screw them. <laughs> if we don't talk about this stuff. If we just keep pretending it doesn't happen. If we keep the discussion isolated and, 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 and ambiguous. More kids like my kid are going to try and hurt themselves. Please, let's have this discussion. Let's talk about it. Let's not hide behind our shame and our fear and our anxiety. Let's start to not only, not, not, let's start to, let's stop reacting and start working to, to change the behavior before it happens. We can only do that by talking about it. Have a great week. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now. Hey, thanks for joining us on Shattered the Podcast. I'm Mark. Special thanks to my producer, Meredith Brosnan, and also to Torian, Kevin, and Lorraine. And we can't forget the amazing band Adelaide who let us use their song as our theme. For more information, check us out on all your socials, STP Shattered the Podcast.